also want us to just be real. You know, I believe, as well as I do, that this is about censuring the LGBTQ community. If it were not about that, some of these other books would be on the list, and I'm sure they will come next. A group has been chosen to be demonized. You so choose to ban those books, I respectfully request that you ban the Bible. Okay, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, first, which group is being demonized and how? And second, to which books would she be referring? Except, of course, the Bible. This is going to be an interesting one. Come on, let's go. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another scintillating installment from high above all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful, chilly Buffalo, Wyoming. Just about everyone can recite the tale of Sodom and Gomorrah, the two cities that God destroyed in chapter 19 of Genesis. He destroyed them because of their exceedingly wicked nature, that the entire city, both cities, were committing abominations against God. Sodom and Gomorrah are the very definition of debauchery and hedonism in literature, in art, in movies, in TV. Some historians even compare what was going on in the late stages of the Roman Empire to the same thing that was happening in Sodom and Gomorrah. I found it interesting that the subject was brought up during an Natrona County School Board meeting Monday night. But certainly, it wasn't done on purpose. During the public comment period at the school board meeting, Reverend D. Lundberg of Casper's United Church of Christ had this to say to the Natrona County School Board. I also want us to just be real. You know, I believe, as well as I do, that this is about censuring the LGBTQ community. If it were not about that, some of these other books would be on the list, and I'm sure they will come next. Okay, hold on. I gotta stop for a second. Nobody is censoring the entire LGBTQ community. What some parents are suggesting, however, is that there are some books in the Natrona County High School Library that are not appropriate. Let's continue. I would just have you think about what books would never be suggested to be banned, like the Bible. In Genesis 19, Lot, who is to be considered the only good and righteous man in all of Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, when the visitors come to his house... Stop. Okay, this is really important. They're not just visitors that show up in Sodom. They're angels. 
You can look at any translation of the Bible that you want. Mine happens to be a New American Standard, and the very first line of chapter 19 is, Now the two angels came into Sodom in the evening, as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. But Reverend Lundberg doesn't say that. She says they're just visitors. Let's continue. He protects them from the villagers who do, in fact, want to do sexual violence to them. It's true. So what he does is he says, instead, here, take my daughters. They're virgins. You can have them instead. Would we like to condone that? Now, here's where things kind of go off the rails in Reverend Lundberg's comments. She doesn't tell you the rest of the story. Nothing happens to Lot and his family. The angels stop the crowd by blinding them. And the whole sexual violence piece? Okay, yeah, that's in chapter 19, but it's not described the way that Reverend Lundberg describes it. I'm going to play the rest of her comments, and then I'm going to read to you exactly what the Bible says, and then we're going to compare it to a couple of things out of the book Gender Queer, and you can draw for yourself if there's any comparison whatsoever to those two books. Here's the rest of what she had to say to the school board. Is anybody asking you to remove the Bible from the library? This is real stuff. This is something I know a lot about. A group has been chosen to be demonized. And I beg of you to not let that happen. If you so choose to ban those books, I respectfully request that you ban the Bible. Thank you. First, no group has been chosen to be demonized. That's hyperbole at its very best. The only thing that is being questioned is whether or not books like Gender Queer are appropriate to be in the school library. So, the sexual violence piece, what Reverend Lumberg was referring to, here's what the Bible says. Quote, And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may have relations with them. End quote. If you want to read that for yourself, it's Genesis chapter 19, verse 5. So technically, she's correct. Yep, that's exactly what it means. I mean, they were in Sodom. That's what Sodom and Gomorrah were known for, sexual depravity. But the Bible doesn't go into graphic details like the Reverend is suggesting. Now let me give you an example of a book that does go into graphic detail. And before I do this, if you have any children present while you're listening to this, please send them out of the room. Or if you happen to be at work, you might want to turn the volume down or save this for when you get off work, because what I'm about to read is very graphic. On page 167 of the book Gender Queer, which, by the way, is in Wyoming High School Libraries, page 167, and I quote, I got a new strap-on harness today. I can't wait to put it on you. It will fit my favorite dildo perfectly. You're going to look so hot. I can't wait to have your cock in my mouth. I'm going to give you the blowjob of your life. Then I want you inside me. End quote. I'm sorry that you had to listen to that. But there was no other way that I could make my point. So two questions. First, does that in any way compare with anything in the Bible? Anything at all? Just one example. No, 
it absolutely does not. To suggest that it does is intellectually dishonest, it is misleading, and it is irresponsible. And my second question is, can somebody please explain to me how that, what I just read to you, doesn't qualify as pornography? And if you're an honest person, you can't do that, by the way. Thank God we got all that graphic stuff out of the way. Coming up, I gave Reverend Lundberg the chance to come on the program and to clarify what she meant when she was talking to the school board, and she did. We'll do that next. But first, some completely egregious self-aggrandizement. We'll get back to the program in just a second. But first, an obscene profit timeout. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by Morton Buildings. If you're in the market for an outbuilding or a garage or a barn or a roping arena or maybe a giant warehouse, then you should call my friends Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings, 307-674-2532. These guys are the experts in metal building construction. They've been doing it longer than anybody else around, and they definitely do it better than anybody else around. So it doesn't really matter what type of metal structure you're interested in. Just call the experts, Nick and Jesse at Morton Buildings. Again, their phone number is 307-674-2532, or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. If you're a gun enthusiast like I am, there's no better website for all of your firearms needs than Gunrunner Auctions. They're one of the nation's leading online auction houses, and they're celebrating their 23rd year. The interesting thing about this company is they specialize in estate firearms. Scott Weber, the owner, gets calls all week long about lifelong gun collections that are coming up to auction. He first travels to the estate and then appraises the firearms for the heirs before moving them to his Cody auction facility, where he and his team research the guns, sometimes getting letters from the Cody Museum, to verify each firearm's history. He only charges 15% for selling your precious firearms, and all of the auctions start at $20 with no reserve. Scott has sold the personal collections of Elvis Presley, Steve McQueen, Alex McCord, and Herb Parsons, just to name a few. So it doesn't really matter what type of firearm you're looking for or even accessory or ammunition. Gunrunner Auctions is your source for all things that go boom. Cowboy State Politics is published every Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday morning. And don't forget about the live program every Thursday beginning at 10 a.m., you can find the link to the live stream at CowboyStatePolitics.com or on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. You can find the show at any of your favorite podcasting apps or at CowboyStatePolitics.com. And now, back to the program. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Cowboy State Politics, Wyoming's most listened-to political podcast. I'm your host, David Iverson, documented to be almost always right 98.76% of the time, and that number climbs every single day. 
That's right, my friends. I live in a world that is very different than all of these Democrats that can't spell. Not only can they not tell you what a woman is, they have no idea what us normal, thinking, intelligent Wyoming citizens know. That's why we're ahead of all of them. So yesterday, I reached out to the Reverend Dee Lundberg and asked her if she'd like to clarify her comments Monday night in front of the school board. She agreed, and I'll play that for you in just a second. Now, I've already been accused on social media of selectively editing this interview. So if you have any doubt as to the veracity of what you're about to hear, I uploaded the raw audio to the website, and you can find that on the show content tab. You know, it's fascinating. These people on the left question your integrity before they even have any idea of what they're talking about. Well, anyhow, here's my conversation with Reverend D. Lundberg of the United Church of Christ in Casper. Complete, unedited. I think you'll find it very illuminating. Joining me on the phone is Reverend D. Lundberg from the United Church of Christ in Casper. The Reverend was quoted in the Casper Star Tribune this morning as saying that if the school board wanted to ban a couple of the controversial books that we're talking about, then they should ban the Bible as well. First, Reverend, welcome to Cowboy State Politics. Thank you. I wanted to give you a chance to uh, clarify your comments, so could you just tell my listeners what what you were thinking? Sure. Um, Yeah, it wasn't uh, a tit-for-tat comparison of the books, for starters. It was the point being made that there are a lot of books that have sensitive material in them that no one would ever consider banning from the library, and I use the Bible as an example of that. I just have one question. I mean, there's a lot of things in those books, and I think everybody, if they're honest, they have to admit that there's some pretty graphic stuff in Mm -hmm. these books that we're talking about. One of them is a textbook that is uh, akin to the anatomy and physiology text I had in college. My question is, in your mind, how could you compare even the most graphic portion of the Bible to some of the, I'll just call them sex acts that are graphically depicted in the two books in question? Well, let me, can I just read something to you then? Certainly. And I want you to tell me what you hear. So Lot has received these two men as guests into his home. And the the people of the town, the men of the town, want to do them sexual harm. There's no question about that. Um, And Lot protects them. Well, and he says, I beg you, my brothers and sisters, do not act so wickedly. Do not rape these men. Look, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Let me bring them out to you and do with them as you please. Only do nothing to these men. What do you hear in that? Think as if you were a child. Well, obviously, Lot is advocating for... Uh, the safety of the two men, and he's offering his two daughters in um, in return. Right. So to someone that doesn't know much about the Bible, and even when you do, there's no arguing that the message here is that the men should not be raped, but it is acceptable to gang rape the daughters. Is that the me- is that? 
if that were not in the Bible and that was in another book, would you consider that an acceptable message for a child to read? I think if just it's read yes in no. context, yes or no. I don't think it's a yes or no answer. Read in context, yes, it is. But, I mean, how can you equate that with the depiction of graphic sexual acts that are in those books? I mean, like an instruction manual on how to complete I, those acts. How do you, how do you not, equate that? I am not equating them tit for tat. I said that. What I'm equating is, is there is a lot of sexual content in a lot of books that is very harmful and damaging. And that is one of them. We still have a culture that values uh, men's sexual acts over women's. We are, we are giving a message to young women that it's acceptable for them to be raped I don't think that's yeah. correct at all. I, as I said, well, I it needs to be read in context. Fact, it is because I have spent years with youth groups, letting them read that for themselves, come to their own conclusion, which is that it's okay. And that's all I'm saying, sir. That's all I'm saying. Well, I think my point is, you know, any any fair person can look at the book Gender Queer, and I've read it. And say that there is no comparison to the content of that book, I mean, in its, in its most graphic forms, to the Bible. There's no, there's no comparison in that particular text um, but that is not my point. My point is, the comparison is, again, that there is sexually explicit and dangerous content in the Bible, as well as possibly the book Gender Queer. Now, if we want to go on to when Lot is lucky enough to escape with his daughters and mom turns into a pillar of salt and all of that, uh... Then we have the story of. Let me just ask you one. Hold on. Let me just... I'm not, not, you said you weren't going to. Okay, go the ahead. Da the, the daughters plot to get Lot drunk, and it's much more specific and graphic to get their father drunk, have sex with him, so that they will be able to have children. And it does go into some details. So. I mean, you and I can do this all day. My point was that there is dangerous sexual content in a lot of books, including the Bible. I don't really want the Bible to be banned. But if we're going to start banning every book that has sexual, sexually explicit content, which let's face it, is 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 something we need to prepare our children for. I learned my sex education from Playboys in an alley with my buddy's older brother's Playboys and stuff like that. That's no place to learn that stuff. Okay, there's it's there's a lot to unpack here. Okay, so the first one is, you know, as I said, I've read the book Gender Queer. Right. Okay, there's nowhere in the Bible that gives 
step-by-step instructions on how to perform graphic sexual acts, which, by the way, are not looked very favorably on by the Bible. I mean, I think you and I know that. Um, Second, the passage you mentioned with Lot and his daughters, the end of it, and you just said it, they all escape, okay? But there isn't a graphic depiction of it actually happening. What we're talking about is a graphic a graphic novel, if you can even call it a novel, that depicts explicit sexual acts and then draw and then there's drawn pictures of it. So right. if if we're going to say, well, there's dangerous material in in the Bible, and you know, we have to allow that in the library, well, then you need to draw a comparison. Secondly, I mean, you just said that you learned your sex education from Playboy. Well, why is that the public school's responsibility? Why is that not left up to the parents? Well, it is left up to the parents, and if you read the article, there's an opt-out. And if parents are paying any attention to their children, they have a choice to say, I don't want my child to check out that book. So yeah, the problem is it's that all it's... Good. The prob- no, it's they not can. all good. The problem is that tax dollars paid for it, and that it's in the library. And that in that sense, parents really don't have a choice. Yeah, I know the policy says it's opt-in, but, I mean, come on. Okay, so I'm just going to repeat what I repeated before. It's not an absolute tit-for-tat comparison. It is the point. Parents are worried that this information is harmful to their children. I am saying that there is stuff within even our sacred texts, let alone books that you and I had never even thought about as we read them, uh, that if we are going to start banning books, we're going to have to ban a lot of books in the effort to not expose children to what we deem harmful information. Okay. That well, is my only point and the only one I am here to clarify. Okay. Well, I appreciate I appreciate you taking the time and letting me uh, let me visit and do a little fencing with you. Um, I yeah. guess we'll we'll see how this whole controversy plays out. And again, Reverend, thank you very much for your time this morning. You bet. Like I said, pretty enlightening, isn't it? Now you remember earlier in the program when I told you that Reverend Lundberg wasn't telling you the whole story about our buddy Lot that appears in chapter 19 of the book of Genesis. It's important. There are a lot of things in the Bible that are very complicated for us to understand, so we have to read them clearly, and the details make all of the difference. In this case, the two strangers that visited Lot were not men. They were angels. Nothing was going to happen to them. This whole thing was a test for our pal Lot. In the end, Lot turns out to be a righteous man, the angels prevent the mob outside from harming Lot's family, and then God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah while Lot and his family escape. To equate chapter 19 or anything in the Bible with the content of Gender Queer or many of the volumes that I've already talked about on this program, it's frankly intellectually dishonest. After the break, we'll get reaction to Reverend Lundberg's comments from Evanston Pastor Jonathan Lang. Pastor Lang should already be familiar to you. He has a regular column in the Wyoming Turkey Vulture, he writes for the Casper Star Tribune, and he's been published by the Cowboy State Daily. There's also a link to his substack at cowboystatepolitics.com on the show content tab. 
And we'll do that next. But first, 307 Cowboy Country and Montana Shed Center are having an end-of-the-year inventory reduction sale. Every building on either their Casper or Cheyenne lot is now 15% off. You can save on backyard sheds, she sheds, man caves, garages, and a whole bunch more. Every building currently in stock is now reduced 15%. Call Bryce or Melody at 307-441-1815 now to get your building locked in. Because when they're gone, they're gone. So, so give Bryce and Melody a call. Again, their phone number is 307-441-1815. We're back. For reaction to Reverend Lundberg's comments, we go to Jonathan Lang. Welcome to the program, Jonathan. Thank you, David. It's great to be on. I've, I've, I've always wanted to be on your program, and so this is such an honor. Honestly, I've wanted to have you on for a long time, and this showed up, and it's a perfect opportunity to get you to come on and visit with me. Well, thanks for inviting me. First thing, I guess, since this is your first time, why don't you just take a minute or two and tell my listeners about yourself? Oh, well, I'm a, a Lutheran pastor of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Um, and uh, have been down in the, anchoring the southwest corner of the state for the last uh, 25 years or so. Uh, I serve a parish here in Evanston, Wyoming, and then I also drive north 50 miles and serve the fine people up in Kimmer. Um, and, uh, oh, I probably came on to the, uh, uh, to the, uh, to the political scene uh, uh, of Wyoming uh, back in about 20... 13, 2014, uh, where began working with a group that we uh, stood up and called the Wyoming Pastors Network. And uh, uh, we're, uh, we have representatives in just about every town in the state, I think. And uh, um, we uh, speak to matters of, of uh, the sanctity of marriage, the sanctity of human life and religious freedom. So we've got a lot of things going on there. If people are unaware, it really is kind of like Wyoming's version of the Black Robe Regiment. <laughs> well, that's a kind thing for you to say, yes. Uh, do, do you think your reader, your uh, hearers understand what the Black Robe Regiment is? You know, I don't know if I've talked about that on the program before, but I'd, I'd love to do a big history program about that. It's like all those guys just fascinate me. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, uh, first thing, there's been a huge controversy about all of these library books in Wyoming public libraries and Wyoming schools. And, you know, I've done a number of programs on them. If, if you would, give us your take on this whole thing with all these library books and school boards, you know, kind of seeming unresponsive. Just what are your thoughts on it? Well, let me start off by, by just noting that if, if anybody's honest at all and uh, wants to go back and look at the history of this, you can see there has been a very clear ramping up, a dialing up of the pressure uh, just in the last decade or so. Um, you know, you think back to your own childhood, we didn't have these controversies. It would have been unheard of to, to walk into the children's section of a library and uh, and see something uh, that that you wouldn't be allowed to see in the checkout line of the of the supermarket, um, and so these things have have come upon, and the fact that they've come so rapidly and and with uh, with such escalation, uh, definitely signals that there is a an agenda at work. 
You're uh, absolutely, if I could just interrupt you real quick, you're absolutely right. I've got a history book from 1952. It's a school textbook. Um, it was, in fact, on the front, front uh, first page, it says printed for Pittsburgh Public Schools. And in it is the Lord's Prayer in seven languages. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1952, if you were to walk into a school building with some of the materials that we're now, apparently we have to have a debate upon, you'd probably be prosecuted. And now, if you walked into a school with that same textbook that I have, you'd probably be thrown out of the school for having the Lord's Prayer in there. Yeah, there's definitely been a, a pushing of a brand new religion. Uh, not a brand new religion. It's been around for thousands of years, but it's uh, certainly not the uh, not the worldview of our founders. Um, and like I say, it's 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 an agenda, um, and it's it's definitely been pushed on us. And it's uh, so when people are starting to push back, when parents and and uh, and thoughtful teachers are are pushing back against it. Um, you know, they're trying to be framed as though they are pushing back against religious freedom, or excuse me, uh, as let me start that again. They're trying to be framed as though they are um, pushing back against the First Amendment um, and uh, the freedom of speech. But in fact, that's a false framing, totally false framing. Uh, and that really brings me to the second major thing I want to say about it is that the controversy about the content of libraries and the content of curriculum in the schools and the content of school libraries is not about free speech. It is about parental rights. Um, The question is not whether uh, there can be this or that sexual content in the school. The, the, The fundamental question is who decides? And for some ideologue or some, um, you know, uh, education association or national lobby to decide in contradistinction to the parents deciding, that's fundamentally wrong. Absolutely, it is. (laughs) You know, the first, I mean, we have taxpayer dollars purchasing all of these materials. Second, it's some nameless bureaucrat or, you know, school administration official that decides what goes into the library, and nobody ever asks the parent if if that's okay. I mean, the, the school board, like, we don't work for the school board. They work for us. And I, right. I think that we've just, like, absolutely forgotten that. Yeah, well, you know, part of it is, is, is forgetfulness, but part of it is a deliberate um, obfuscation and a turning of question. And uh, a big culprit here, now, let's just say it out loud, is the Associ- uh, the American Library Association. Absolutely. They have been captured, and they are pushing a, a Marxist agenda. And you have to understand that Marxism fundamentally wants to dissolve natural bonds between people um, in order to reform the bonds in a socialist manner. And, and the two major natural bonds... Uh, that all people have is the bond they have to their parents and the bond they have to their spouse. Yes. And those two things is what has to be undermined and destroyed in order to recreate a socialist worldview. And I like how you put that. Let's just call it what it is. Because most people, if you say, look, these are Marxists, and this is their agenda. You get you get scoffed at for even suggesting that, but that's really what it is. You know, you have our entire education system, and I might put the terms education system in a quotation marks, 
But the entire thing is moving further and further toward a more secular worldview. To suggest that any of these things are inappropriate, I just watched a video from Natrona County where a school board member is chastising someone, a, a new person that won the election for her religious views. Let's move on. You listen to the comments from Reverend Lundberg. Before I give you any of my thoughts, what, what's your first take on it? It's outrageous. Um, my first take on it is that, you know, if somebody um, wants to compare the sexual content of the Bible uh, to the sexual content of the books that are currently under discussion, um, it's just a, a gross exhibition of lack of judgment. And, and it proves the point of why parents and parents alone ought to be the ones who have the final say about how their children are introduced to uh, sexual content. Um, you cannot have an ideologue um, who loves and cares for the children like their parents do. Um, this ideologue was so into pushing the uh, one particular ideological point uh, that exhibited no judgment at all. Well, and presented what I consider a completely false view of what's written in the Bible. I mean, you try to compare, I mean, she tried to compare the story of Lot to gender queer, and it just blew my mind. Well, you know, one of the things that went through my mind as I was listening is it reminded me of uh, the Supreme Court justice who said something like, uh, you know, I can't define pornography for you, but I know you, I know it when I see it. Um, perhaps you can fill in the blank of who said that. Um, yeah, that was Oliver Wendell Holmes. Okay. Well, um, I don't think she could know it if she sees it or wouldn't admit it if she did. Um, yeah, and I think there's a, there, we need to be very clear here. Um, there is an objective way of, of being able to, uh, to evaluate whether sexual content um, is, uh, is acceptable and whether it is not acceptable, whether it's something that's good and, 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 and wholesome or whether it's not. Uh, and that is, what is it written to affect? What is it written to do? Um, so as I was, and I found it ironic that she went immediately to Sodom and Gomorrah. But mm -hmm. with that, um, I found it fascinating that, that when you read the Bible there clearly, um, the, uh, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, including the disgusting part of when Lot um, offers his daughters, it is meant to affect disgust towards a perversion of the good. Yes. So both things, and, and including the, 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 the vignette that follows of when Lot commits incest, all three of those things are intended to affect the disgust for the good. That's quite different than sexual content that is written specifically to affect an attraction uh, towards some perversion. Uh, so the first is wholesome, the second is harmful. And the first is, is grounding you in, in, in what you ought to know and understand about sexuality. The second is not grounding, but grooming. Absolutely it is. And I don't know if it came through as clearly as I meant it during the interview, but to try to equate the two is, I mean, it's so far past just a false comparison. I mean, it's, it's just blatantly not true. Yeah. And like I say, I mean, it, it, the, the comparison completely misses what the Bible is about. And the Bible is about encouraging us to live as human beings, to, to, to live as 
God intended us to live uh, complete with our, our bodies and our souls. Um, and uh, yeah, to compare that with something which is the opposite um, is simply not helpful, not to the discussion. You know, on this program, I always try to find solutions to whatever problem we're talking about. So I guess the essential question is, we know that we've got a problem with all this, all these materials in schools and in public libraries, and we have a, you know, a misunderstanding at the very least of what we ought to be teaching our children. What do we do about it? Well, I think the first thing is that, that uh, we have to recognize who our friends and our enemies are. And uh, one of the things I've been thinking about quite a bit lately is that our teachers are, are, are oftentimes with us. And, uh, and they are oftentimes caught up in, a, uh, in the pressures of unions and the pressures of the American Library Association and, and the National School Board Association and things like that. And we need to be able to come around alongside of our teachers and encourage them um, and, and encourage them specifically. And here's the point, to encourage them to work with parents and to recognize that parents are the customers of the school system. It's not the children, it's not the lobbyists, it's not the, uh, the lobbies, it's not the anything else. The parents are the customers. And uh, once we understand that fundamental point, then we can come alongside and work with each other and say, you know, we can, there's gonna be differences of opinion, and um, but we can always defer to the parents and, uh, and if there's some parent that thinks that a book ought to be available and another parent that thinks it ought not to be available, the compromise is easy. You simply make the book available only uh, for those children whose parents sign off on it. Um, and, uh, and, and we can come to all kinds of things. And, and if, if somebody, for instance, wants to, to ban the Bible because of the, the Sodom and Gomorrah situation in there, we can talk about it. When people are actually reasonable about it, I think they'll understand uh, the value of, of one piece of literature over the next. But again, the solution is to begin with a coming alongside together between parents and teachers. I think you're exactly right. You know, at the beginning of the school year, I did an interview with a parent from Jackson and her, her student had come home and said, Mom, uh, the teacher asked me what my preferred pronouns were. And at the time, I thought it was just going to be like a singular one-off interview. Hey, here's something that's happening in Teton County. Well, that day, I heard from, I think, all but two counties in the state where almost exactly the same scenario happened. Perhaps not the same class, but a teacher asked a student, hey, what are your preferred pronouns? And it became very clear to me that I don't think that this was something you know, teachers got together and said, hey, we're going to do this. I don't think that that happens. I mean, I, I think that this is something that perhaps was taught at the university, you know, that just came into the normal course of educating a class. Because I find it very hard to believe that a majority or even, even a small minority of Wyoming teachers are in favor of some radical agenda like uh, the Reverend was talking about. Well, yeah, it comes in through the teacher colleges, which are oftentimes the most liberal part of the university, um, but not only through there. It also comes through uh, teacher in-services, and uh, that's why we need to be involved with our school boards. Oftentimes, school boards are hard-pressed for money, and they need to find content to train 
to keep professional training for their students. And these outside organizations come in and say, hey, we'll do something for free or we'll do something at a reduced rate. And they give it the rubber stamp because it's cheap. Yeah. And, but it ends up bringing in content and, and brainwashing our teachers into things that, uh, that we really don't want our teachers to be involved in. So we've got to, uh, again, come alongside. Uh, it takes listening. It takes understanding what's going on at school board level. It takes empathy for our teachers. Um, one of the things that uh, people don't know about me is that I was uh, trained as a teacher many years ago. That's what it was my college degree. And uh, I remember specifically being taught in the classroom at that time that you are in the classroom as a sacred trust. You are there in place of the parents and uh, they are the ones who are your boss and you should be working with them. And I think most teachers understand that and want the support and the, uh, the cooperation of the parents in their classroom. Honestly, I think that just almost all teachers, all they want to do is teach kids. That's it. And when yeah. we start injecting po politics into the classroom, and it's specifically radical politics, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's very, very damaging. Jonathan, I appreciate you taking the time to visit with me this afternoon. You're also, you also do a lot of writing around the state. I've seen articles by you in the Casper Star, and I think one on the Cowboys State Daily. If our listeners want to look at some of your work, where do they go to find that? The most consistent place is to go to my Substack. Uh, so the Substack is, uh, uh, if you just Google uh, Jonathan Lang and Only Human, Jonathan Lang, Only Human, and find my Substack. I've got everything for the last five years there. And like I say, it's been published in the Cowboy State Daily. It's been published weekly at the uh, uh, Wyoming Tribune Eagle um, and uh, various other papers around the state. Well, I appreciate you taking the time, and you're absolutely welcome anytime you like on the program. All right. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to talk to you. Well, there you have it. Now, again, I've posted a couple of links at CowboyStatePolitics.com on the show content tab. If you really think out of the hundreds of interviews that I've done that I've selectively edited one, you can go listen to the whole thing yourself. Honestly, though, some people should be happy that this is all the audio I have. <laughs> Don't forget about the live program tomorrow, starting at 10 a.m. You can find the link at CowboyStatePolitics.com, or you can find it on the Cowboy State Politics Facebook page. Have a good rest of your week, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. From the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics.